0: Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. And there we go. We have left the station. We We are... on the roller coaster, about to go up the hill and introduce you to this crazy cool person. I can't wait to introduce you to her. She is an absolute badass entrepreneur, go to market expert, startup advisor. And her approach is the kind that I like, it jives with me. No excuse, no bullshit, get results. Love that approach. Founding member of Tech Ladies, fractional CRO to several growth focused companies, CEO and founder of Abaloo, Pardee's. Safita Zay, welcome.
1: Hey, Casey. You're amazing. You do all these things. What's going on? Thanks. The sleep is hard to find, but the things are good. <laughs> yeah, it's well, you know,
0: bad. you can sleep when you're dead, right? Isn't that the phrase? That's my I phrase. So. Sleep when you're dead. Yeah. Ah, who needs sleep?
1: Sleep Thanksgiving.
0: That's my, <laughs> that's my phrase. Sleep after Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Um, well, hey, I I can't wait. When we you know, met up at inbound. I was like, you got to come on this show. And I can't wait to learn from you. So I'm going to pass you this thing to answer this first question. It's heavy, but I know you're probably like way stronger than I am. So here this is. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you grab that? Go ahead. I grab grabbed that. it.
1: I'm grabbing got it. it. Yeah. Get it? I love oh, it. It's really like the it. Thor yeah. hammer.
0: You are you two two fingering Thor's hammer?
1: I am, I am. Yeah, Yeah, man, I'm a boxer. I got the strength. I know, I know. Okay, so you just
0: grab, take Thor's hammer for me, smash some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception, set the record straight once and for all.
1: All right, so my myth is that offline is the new online and it doesn't take $10,000 to make it happen. Bam.
0: Boom, offline is the new online and it doesn't take 10... All right. We, we got some things to talk about. So what, what do you mean by offline as a new online?
1: Yes. So, what has what has been happening because of all the new privacy laws um, that are that are going on across, starting with the EU and now coming to America, is that the cookies have disappeared because that's now illegal to be able to track people across multiple websites. So, before a lot of people used to know what you're doing because they had other "quote unquote" friends like Facebook, and um, they would be able to track what you're doing not only on their site but across every other website as well, and then you were able to target people based on that kind of behavior. Um, People are still behaving. We just can't track it online. But the best place to track things is actually offline. You can look at different behaviors. We can look at lookalike audiences that make people look like the data that you have. And it's more based on what marketing should have been from the beginning instead of stalking people and like scraping their data when they didn't want to
0: right so it's kind of fitting that it's like if you're relying on this you're being pseudo creepy anyways so yeah the universe has corrected what do you would you how how do we track people offline
1: yeah so my new favorite like thing is that a lot of these new tools have kind of came on that are starting to track device ids so everyone has a number one tracker device at all times, which is AKA your phone. Um, and that's what makes me laugh when everyone's saying like the government's tracking us. I'm like, dude, like you're tracking yourself based on where you're going. And as your are like um, Bluetooth connects to different Wi-Fi pings, or if you're connecting to different like internet of things devices, we can actually track where we're going. And a lot of these new ad platforms are now able to take those device IDs find the people that are in a particular location and then show them an ad across an ad network. Um, you can't do it on Facebook or Instagram yet or right now, but you can actually use that as a really good strategy, um, for like finding out where people are going and it's cheaper than paying for an event sponsorship, which is really great. And it's like super useful and it's a really great way of looking at signals. Um, Do you want me to dive into other signals we can look at too
0: well let me just ask you about this so we got rid of the cookie but we still have nice ids so did anything really change
1: um it did change for creepy people who you see online so you see just be like a lot easier and like it's it's not it's not different you know it's like different but the same at the same time it's like a different mechanism that's like more allowed because if you don't want to take your phone and be tracked and like by all means, don't do it. Um, Whereas before there was like no consent um, to you actually being tracked. So no matter what you did, unless you had like an ad blocker that some people would figure out how to get around anyway, um, you didn't have any like say or not if you're actually going to be tracked somewhere.
0: How do I, but do I give permission for device ID to
1: track me? Um, You don't, but it's kind (laughs) of like implicit, I would say. So I think like it's going to get better as things go on. Like as you join, like free Wi-Fi at, like at a conference, for example, like you're putting your email address in, you're usually checking a checkbox that says like, you have my right to like use my information. Um, and that's how that's kind of working. So mm-hmm. like today, like at certain places you are given that consent. I'm thinking in the future, that's going to become more of a standard thing, no matter where you're at.
0: Right. Logan Airport always asks me for an email address to get their free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Give it the, like the worst poorly formed email address at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. You know, and and hit enter oh Panera too I think yes yeah, so yeah there's
1: a bunch of them yeah, yeah Starbucks and but if but like you put some your actual them,
0: email in there they are linking that up hardcore they like,
1: are and like wow. some of them are smart like at Starbucks you're able to actually link it with like your app reward system app. and then they can make it more and like make it more of an experience for you and I think like as we continue to delve on to like the transformation of digital it's going to become more experience-based so then start bringing offline and online together and it's like the Gen Z's like it, which is like so weird, but good for them. right. Yeah. Um, how do we take advantage of this as marketers? Yeah. so we can just start thinking about like the behaviors that our like personas or customers are doing um, offline as well to try, kind of bring that into our online strategy. So a few things that could um, basically like like look for is like places that people are visiting, mm-hmm. events that they're attending. Um, even like weather in certain geographies could actually um implicit or elicit a thought to buy something. Like if it's raining somewhere, people usually buy like coats and jackets. You're more likely to buy umbrellas. Um, when it gets colder, we may want to carve up for the winter. You know, there's like so many things to kind of look at. You can look at like stores they've bought before um or different places that they're like a part of, like if they're a part of a particular community. Um, you mm-hmm. can also look at other services and products that are tangential to yours that they've probably used before in some shape or form so you just have to like start thinking like a little bit outside the box and like across the scope of the person like we always talk about like technographics firmographics demographics and now I was trying to think of like behavior graphics I guess is like the new way and just like going to coin that right now and say behavior graphics are the new thing
0: I think that is the name of the episode right there (laughs) There we go. And would you call it behavioral graphics or just behavior graphics?
1: Behavior graphics is like demographic, behavior graphic.
0: I like it. All right, just put a quick TM after that. And yeah, you can I'm going to
1: TM that. There it is. Done.
0: done. Done. We're just inventing. Market it. <laughs> yeah, market <laughs> it. It's done. <laughs> now it's, it's officially on a media outlet tied to your name. So congratulations. Go get the dot
1: com. <laughs> Thanks, it's Casey. Yours. I'll uh, give you some royalty rights too. Oh, cool, I'm getting
0: some Oh, cool. How much? Oh, I get? yeah.
1: How much I get? <laughs> we can talk about that later. Well, we
0: negotiate a contract <laughs> offline, people. I
1: know exactly. Um, yeah. No one so has I, to see us go head to uh, head in contract right?
0: negotiations. Well, I'm just going to lose that one hardcore, that's for sure. <laughs> um, tell me about this 10k. It's not necessary. We don't need to be yeah. spending the money as much anymore.
1: Yeah. So these like new age of ad platforms allow you to get started with like $10 a campaign now, um, which is awesome. So you no longer have to think about like, oh, like does my ad spend have to be like $10,000, $15,000 back in the day? And I've only been marketing for like 15 years. I'm sure it was more crazy before that is like, you used to have to put together like a $30,000 ad buy when you're trying to do something at scale like this. Um, When I first started digital marketing, I always wanted to do a lot of these like cool campaigns. And it's like, oh, we start at 25,000. And I work for a lot of startups and small businesses. And like, we just could not spend that much. on like one campaign It's just crazy. Yes. But now you can get started like $300. You can test it out. You can optimize it. And then as it starts working, you can start ramping up the spend, um, which is great in today's economy. Where are you spending the $10? Where are you spending the $200? Is there a right platform to start that?
0: I'm um, so...
1: My new favorite one is Growth Channel. Um, it's started by a woman who's in Austin, Texas. Her name is Marna. Um, and she basically used to own an agency for 20 years. And she created this whole way of doing ads through like the device ID. She was like the first one I saw doing it. Um, you have to have an agency to work with them. So if you want to work with them, feel free to hit me up or an <laughs> agency for you. Go sneak it over to Marna out. just
0: straight away. You got you to gotta go like, through the gatekeeper.
1: Yeah. I got to go through all the gatekeepers and get everything set. Um, But it's a very powerful technology that you can actually use. And like something that we're starting to put into like all of our clients work because, you know, you used to have to pay for an event to actually be there or like pay for like, you know, I I forget like someone had like an ice cream truck that was like running around like inbound. Um, Like they don't have to do that anymore. They can just target all of us at inbound and like send us an ad now, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. Maybe we don't have those like competitors. There's always like a competitor that shows up to like the big conference. Yeah. I don't think this is going to work, but
1: no, is,
0: you know, but to your point, you can but, just show up in ads. Hey,
1: mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be an
0: inbound. Cool. Start blasting right. your ads. And it's
1: like done and done.
0: It's pretty great. Love that. Um, cool. So offline is the new online. 10 K is not necessary. Let's go to market. What does it mean that you are a go-to-market advisor to startups, a go-to-market expert? How, and it, what, what does that even mean?
1: Yeah. So it basically means like, how do you make money across all of your different growth channels and levers? So I work with a lot of startups. We all know the name of the game is to get funding, but you know, in today's economy with like today, you know, the limited partners today are losing money because the stock market's going down. So some of them saw like, their net worth's halved and then they're the ones who fund the venture capitalists so then they can't have as much money to spend on the startups they want to spend on and so now like revenue is really becoming the next big thing that we have to worry about in this economic downturn and also like like, profitability. So what I work with with our clients is like I started my career in marketing. I realized very quickly that you know marketing can only be done as much as your profit and revenue is because if you're not making money you can't keep turning out the money and like expect to survive as a business. Um, So I look at everything across like your sales channels, your marketing channels, different communities that we can be a part of. I like to call it the hustler, like dynamics, like how can we get in front of the most amount of people for the least amount of time and effort? And then we also look at the business structure, you know, like, are we actually spending money in the right way? Do we have the right team? Do we, you know, do we invest in the right things at the right time to actually help us like propel that forward? And then how much do we actually want to spend on marketing and how do we grow this at a sustainable, profitable rate? So you're always making something based on what you're actually doing out there. Yeah, I love that. Love
0: that. So really everyone should be, go to market should be the top of everyone's mind
1: yeah go to market is the new like it's marketing sales like the whole product together really it's like honestly it's like your business and i it's sad we had to like coin another term to actually like think about that but um you know gone are the days when people will just buy like five different tools that all do the same thing like now they just want one and then now you have to like really focus on figuring out like who's that niche who are those people and then how can we survive as a business in this time
0: Uh. Is this should this be in the realm of the CEO? Because you mentioned it's marketing, it's sales, it's product.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people think the CEO owns go-to-market, which like technically they do because they own the company, but they actually have to like put together a team across different um, like disciplines and their business to actually make it possible. Like how are you going to know how your customers are turning if you're not talking to customer success? How do you know like which product features are being used the most and what you should focus on if you're not talking to their product team? Like how do you know what sales channels are working the best or what marketing channels are sort of working the best if you're not talking to your marketing and sales leaders so it is like owned by the ceo but like they really require the use of the growth of everyone um and i think it's like the next progression where like everyone used to be like i'm going to put the customer in the middle of everything i do um uh, which is true but like also you need to like your new customers your current customers and your customers so you can pay more money and like all of them should be really in the center and like those are like the three parts of go to market that i really like will want to focus on
0: you know you mentioned that that Funny, it's almost trite now. The idea of making your company putting the customers first or customer centric was the word. And I was joking the other day what is the opposite of a company that's customer centric? Like egocentric.
1: What's that? egocentric.
0: Oh, it's egocentric. Oh, well, okay. I That's- think like
1: there are certain companies like Salesforce who like never fixed their user experience and they don't care. Like their customers, like, I mean, I would argue they're not in the middle of Salesforce. They can come back and sue me if they'd like, because like it's literally had the same UI, UX since like 2005 or six or, you know, like they started, to, they tried to make like lightning and lightning was still not great. Well, they, they made um, lightning,
0: you know, which was basically a Pardot HubSpot knockoff.
1: yeah but it didn't really like drastically change my life and make it better it did take a lot longer to load when it first came out and i was like what is this then all your tools Um, break yeah and i would argue that like that's not putting the customer in the center of what you're doing right (laughs) but they don't care because people use them anyway like they don't i guess they don't have to they have that luxury in life
0: Got it. So egocentric might be the opposite than a customer centric. I would yeah, assume that almost everyone put their customer first. It's Like the and
1: pandactic. Yeah. Back in the day, you had like so little tools to use that like one company could just force you to use their tool and like they didn't care how you were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, like Comcast is kind of like that today too. I'm just or like NetSuite. laying down like all the ones I hate on. Yeah. But you know, and like where I live, like I can't use anyone else other, th- other than Comcast.
0: Really? Because uh, yeah. I literally just got off of Comcast for both the business yeah, and I the have- home? I like literally yeah. just got off of them.
1: Yeah. I Oh, yeah. I like, yeah, I live in a condo unit. We only have Comcast. We don't have anything else. Um, you can't like it
0: because Fidium is like coming to town.
1: Yeah. Like even the new ones coming into town, I, I still don't have. Uh, and so like Comcast doesn't care if I'm happy or not. I need Wi-Fi.
0: They really don't care. <laughs> you know what? Actually, they, they do care. I talked to the nicest person ever at Comcast in the cancellation department, but I had already canceled. I had already signed Aww. up for Fidium. Fidium was already working. And yeah. it's like, man, if they had only put you out in front somewhere right. and I had talked to you on the business side. Um, yeah. yeah,
1: it's really like, awesome. I don't feel like they even empower their like customer support people to make those calls for them. Um, I guess you could say they're too big and they can't afford people to like give off 50%, 20%, like yeah. whatever you want to work. But like, if you could all just pay what we wanted to pay or like what we could afford to pay to like keep our lives going, like that would be great. But Comcast yeah. doesn't care. No, they don't. They suck.
0: <laughs> I moved to office location and the sweet oh, deal nice. I had was stuck at the location, but I was in a three-year deal. So I had to stay in a three-year deal, but the three year deal, they didn't have to stay in it. They only had to stay in it at the location. So when I moved across the street, they're like, I'm sorry, you need to buy a new deal. And this were like three times as expensive. And-
1: oh, that's 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 messed up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, terrible, terrible. Hate you guys. Terrible. Your, your net promoter score is not improving.
1: Your net yeah. promoter score is negative two.
0: <laughs> so the flip side is a CEO grabbing a bunch of people. I guess not physically, but right. metaphysically, <laughs> curtailing people on his team to come join mm-hmm. his squad all around. Or her, or,
1: or there, them. Any yeah. any gender. Any all CEO. of the
0: things. All the people, all are welcome can come into this go to market meeting Mm -hmm. and it needs a unified front though. It can't just be someone's isolated project.
1: No, no. It has to be like a full company and like all hands on deck experience. Cause at the end of the day, you know, your profitability is really dependent upon your team too. Like your support team or your customer success team or your product team. And so like, you really can't be like, oh, we're going to be more profitable. Like cool like you know one way of being profitable is like all right let's cut it let's cut down all of our customer success meetings down to like 30 minutes and seven hour like that's like one thing they could do to increase profitability but then the cs team has to be able to actually implement that and do it Mm -hmm. and if they're not on board with it then you're not going to be more profitable
0: true and then you're back it's like a chasing yourself started yeah Yeah, you're back where you started
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um huh have you been in those meetings
1: with that? Yeah, squad? I've been, I've been as I've been like an advisor to the squads before. When I, mean, I was working at the corporate startup roles, um, I like started at one company. I was like their first digital marketing person, that like new digital, and so because like that was my realm and no one else understood it, then I was put in those meetings with the CEO, the COO, the CTO, and like we would be talking about that and trying to figure out like what's the best tools to use, like how's our sales team actually functioning. Um, how is our customer success team functioning? Like what tools do they they need? And because I was the only one who like understood digital tools. So I'm a digital marketing person. I was in charge of doing all that vendor management (laughs) work with all of them and implementing all of them. Yeah. It was really fun for me. I liked it.
0: Well, it's priceless role, right? To be in the room. How did you wrangle the cats? How did you wrangle all these different leaders with their own responsibilities and
1: I had like, I had two programs. I had a cookie program and a growler program. And I would have like a weekly winner from every team who like really helped me drive it forward. And they would get either a growler of their choice from, um, one of our favorite breweries, that was down the street, nice. or they would get cookies from our favorite bakery down the street, and they could choose which one and whether or not they shared with people. And then I would announce it on Slack <laughs> like that, be like, "Here are the winners of today," and then I would present them. I made mean, like a huge like thing, but I would like present them the growler or the cookies, and then everyone would like clap, and then they would all come and see if they would share. And you know, it was like it was a fun time. Um, so I just fun. like made it more fun. I mean, you know, you have to because like no one wants, you know, no one wants to work with me and like think about a new tool but we need to to like increase again like our efficiency our profitability like how the company works together and like how can we track everything um for all of our metrics to make sure we're actually hitting our kpis yeah
0: that's a tough call though i don't know if i would choose beer or cookies are they any kind of cookie are they like a certain kind
1: So I would, I would get their favorite flavors. So like we had had this bakery in Boston, it's called flower bakery. It now has like six or seven locations. Back then there was only one location, which was also near your office space. And they made these like most amazing, like chocolate chip. Like they had oatmeal raisin. They had like a lot of fun flavors. And I would just go get like a dozen cookies from them. And each cookie is like super thick. And was like the price of like two cookies and they're like gooey and amazing. Yeah. And then I'm looking at one right now. Holy crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's very good and it wasn't even that expensive for like 12 of them I think it was like 20 or 30 bucks
0: okay yeah perfect yeah perfect Jeez.
1: yeah I love love incentivizing people
0: I call it healthy manipulation healthy manipulation maybe that's the new title for the the
1: podcast (laughs) that'll definitely get more
0: more I'm here all hour (laughs) healthy manipulation that's good. We're just gonna hack the uh, the algorithm right now and just get like. I'm just gonna go viral. I just wanna try.
1: YouTube. Yeah, I'll just like do like a bunch of like A B testing and see which one works and just like totally. send it out to everyone. Two
0: episodes, right? And see who gets more clicks. <laughs> exactly. Same person, same I've same done interview. that
1: before. I used to do that with have ebooks. You? Yeah. I used to like change the title and keep the ebook the same and resend it out. So like I was in charge of like lead like engagement. And I would have to sometimes when I was like behind on hitting my number, I would just take the ebook, I would change the title, I would send it back out to everybody. And some of them would re-download the new one and they never read it, they never realized it. And then some of them would buy afterwards so
0: so i was thinking you were excluding people that had got <laughs> no, the first one
1: no you're like
0: screw that i'm gonna the send first it to the first time
1: Senate. i was like let me just try it if someone calls me out i be like oh my bad i made a mistake and, um <laughs> but no one called me out it was freaking wild and some of them took demo meetings who had downloaded it before it was crazy
0: so do you th- do you think it was the new name or is the fact that they had seen it twice or
1: um, I think it was like the new name with like the right time, and it just oh, happened to be like okay. They're like, oh, now I'm ready to actually do something, but they never read the ebook anyway. Um, which is funny. Everyone spends so much time with their ebooks, and like no one, like very few no people read either. it. Sometimes I reach out to like a company and be like, I read your ebook, and this is like what I thought about this part, and they're like, oh wow, you read it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so salespeople, if you want to get in front of your marketing prospects, read their ebooks and come up with a cool, fun fact that you never saw it, and they'll give you the time of day because it's very, very, very rare to have someone do that.
0: <laughs> it's weird, but true, right? And it's like fill out this form, get your ebook,
1: yeah, go read it.
0: It's like I just know that it's there in my inbox. One day I'll go read it. Which mm-hmm. one day is never.
1: Um, Yeah. My other favorite thing that I do when I want to meet people is I go to their latest podcast or like even like 10 podcasts ago. I'll go in the middle of the podcast. I'll just go to like the middle of it and I'll listen for like two minutes and find like a nice nugget of what they said. And I'll use that to connect with them. And then they think I listened to the whole thing and I'm a long time listener.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay. What's the nugget for you when people want to reach out? When
1: they They want to reach out to the spot. Yeah skip, I hope they skip to this spot. If they mention this spot I'm like, all right, cool. You got here. Um, let's yeah. talk about it." This is like a little Easter egg. Are they going to get it or not? We don't know. You're gonna, um, you were
0: talking about cookies and growlers yeah
1: or cookies or a or like you know any type of connection i had one guy who like gave me like the best email ever i went to boston college and he basically like sent a picture of himself with like matt ryan who's our quarterback at the time and like i still like my boyfriend makes fun of me because i'm like i still i'm like a matt ryan fanatic um and i was like okay fine you met matt ryan i'll talk to you <laughs> and yeah, like he wrote like a very effort. personalized email like saw you went to boston college you're part of these clubs i was too this is me with matt ryan if you want to like meet and talk about the software We can and I'm like, I have no idea what the software does, but I'll give you like a 30-minute conversation. Why not? Right? It works. Yeah, super personalized. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Um,
0: so fun. I mean, this this whole thing is fun experimenting, trying new things. So I want to take us back to go to market. Mm -hmm. You've got an existing company, yeah, listening right now. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a few of them listening. Hopefully. Maybe there's no one, just my mom and her Maybe company.
1: it's just you and me and like our parents.
0: <laughs> it could just be us and our parents listening, right? And my um, grandfather
1: who doesn't really understand English all the way, but he'll still love it. like, Well, let's we say
0: yeah. someone with a company is listening right now Yes. and they're thinking, okay, go to market. I've heard this talked about a lot. What is the first place to start? Like, where do I start?
1: Ugh, you start where you're more successful, so you have to figure out because, like, there are some companies that are sales companies and they have that. There's some companies that are marketing companies and they have that. And there are some companies like me who are like really referral. They just have like a good network that like keeps them afloat. So you just have to start like where you're strongest at, um, and then start building from there, like lowest hanging fruit. What's the easiest to do? Start okay. there. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So let me let me take that a step further with you. So start yeah. where you're successful. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like what's working?
1: Yeah. You and then like you double how down you're getting,
0: on it. How you're getting people now?
1: Yeah. Okay. Like if I'm like a person who's like really good at going and like speaking at a conference and like I figured out like the conference is speaking to customer pipeline and like that's what I've been doing in the last three years. Like, why would I start something new? I would just go to more conferences. I just book myself in more events like this. And then I would hopefully get more customers if that holds. You know, like that's what I like Got to tell it. people. Like, see what's actually working and then try to do it like three, like three times more and then see if your metrics still hold. If your metrics are still holding, then like just go for it all the way. Just like focus on that channel until you have enough profit to replace yourself out of that channel and then start building the newest muscle after that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's like, okay, we give it the three times. It's yeah. It's still working. Yeah. So that's your, your
1: Then I'm your, going to like, on tour, you know, like yeah, if I go can crazy speak at, like it. three or four conferences. I know I can book like five to 10 customers at each one then like, why would I stop? I'm like, let me just find every other community, every other event that's kind of happening that no one's seen me at before. And let me just go to all of them. Um, It's really fun to travel too. So if you're good at speaking, it's a pretty fun role and it's a pretty fun thing to do. I'm with Um, you. Yeah. Delta,
0: JetBlue. Yeah,
1: I know. And sometimes if you have like a really good um, like speaking track or like a really good topic, you don't even have to change it because it's a whole new group of people every time. So you can just like take that out and like, you know, you almost have your own little show, and you just take your show on the road. Um, like be your own like book author who's like really good at doing like a best selling um like road show, and just like go and do it. Got it. Yeah, and with today's like virtual audiences, you can even do it virtually. Although I think in person's like you're a lot better the conversion rate than virtual, but you know we'll see. What if you have a lot of channels that are just sort of kind Meh.
0: of working?
1: Yeah. So then we have to figure out um like which one would work out the best. So I've worked with a couple of companies like that. They're like, my marketing channels aren't profitable, but I have 10 of them. And so like I usually look underneath the hood and you'll find like I call them like glimpses of glory in like each of those channels. So like I worked with one company. Um they had 10 different ad campaigns going on. And all of last year, they only got customers from three of those ad campaigns. So it looks like from the top, your channel is like not working. You know, like Google search doesn't work really well. But I'm just like, okay, you're spending your most money on a campaign that's never given you a customer before. Like, why are we doing this? And they're all just like, mind blown it's just like you know for me it's like obviously like duh but for them was like you know they had an agency running it the agency didn't care how many customers they were running they just cared about clicks and click through rate um yeah and they weren't connecting it all the way through and so that's why you really have to like that's why i say like go to market because it's not just your marketing and ad campaign like maybe your ad campaign brings in a shit ton of demos but if those demos never become a customer like is that a good marketing campaign no Mm -hmm. um like ax that you're just getting like off in the funnel. You got to like take that out. So, you know, you just have to like, kind of look at it more and then you can like cut it. And then once you cut it, like now you can take all that budget that you took away from those other ad campaigns and put it towards the ones that actually work. And all of a sudden you have one working channel and then you can go deeper and start like spreading that out. Like, let's say like topic one was really good. Now we can spread it out into different subtopics and we can just get like deeper and deeper into that until it's like fully functioning and working.
0: Cool. Or we could just hire you to do that for us. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. We could do that for you. Okay. It's very fun. Then, I love it. There's yeah. some details there. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we, we got a chance to connect at an event. Are there other events that you recommend for marketers? Oh yeah. We're all marketers listening to this thing. Like where, where should we go? And I'm a baby at this. Cause I've only gone to Salesforce events for like the last decade. So yeah. I need to know where, where are we meeting up next? What's the next event?
1: Yeah. So the way I like to think about events is I have like the community events, like what communities i like to be a part of. I have like my vendors that I love and like, you know, what do they do? Cause they usually put on some pretty good events. And then I have like, where can I go learn something? So it's like educational, the vendors and the communities for me, like communities, I think you have like startup events and stuff. Cause I'm in a startup space. So we have like Art Basel coming up in Miami first week of December. Um, I'm trying to figure out if you can make it down there because Miami is expensive. But like that's basically their version of South by Southwest. Miami is
0: expensive. Yeah, you've been but- to Barton G's? No. You heard of that? No. No. Okay, you got to check it out. They everything's okay. giant. So if you order like, oh boy, a snake, you might get a samurai sword attached to your plate. It's like a thousand dollars. Like they'll actually put a samurai sword on your plate. Oh wow! Or if you order like fish, they'll have like a giant fishing lure. That's good. Plate. Oh you wow. order an appetizer, popcorn shrimp. They push Get out a popcorn. whole popcorn cart, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, that's it's hilarious. Insane. That's insane. awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So art basil, great. South by Southwest, always amazing to go to. Yeah. Um, we have, I like like all those different, like regional startup events that are happening. Like there's zones in Boston, Austin, Denver. Um, I think like Alabama starting their own one, like Raleigh has Raleigh Durham uh-huh. startup week, um uh, there's a ton of them i know you go to all these venture like, atlanta i do want to one day this is, this is my dream yeah. um to like be able to go to all of these events but like i go to oh, start yeah. at boston i'm in boston we sponsor that one every year we basically will make a revenue number every year we're just showing up to that one event um and that's what what I mean that? by, like going you said it's start in boston? september it's usually the third week of september okay it just happened yeah, come next year, um, and they're starting to cool. do more quarterly events too. Yeah, they're like I can talk all day about Startup Boston too. Their email list is so well tagged because it's a free event. Um, they have like 250 speakers and the best startups all, all around Boston. Nine different tracks depending on like what your role is or whether or not you're a venture capitalist or investor I want to be investor, or if you're an entrepreneur or startup, or if you work in a startup too, which is like really great and useful. And then they ask you like 12 questions to sign up for free. So they have the most like well-tagged database I've ever seen. And their database is like more than 15,000. Um, it is so powerful. What yeah. do they do with it? Um, I'm helping them out with this. So my friend runs, her name is Stephanie. We're doing more sponsorships. Um, We're doing more, I love sponsorships too, as a way of like marketing. Like that's my favorite thing. Cause you don't have to spend as much money as if you were doing like a booth or an event space or a speaking gig. And you can get all the email addresses, which is the most important thing. We can do so much once you have that email address, Um, you know, like the lookalike audiences, like the emailing, the tracking and like seeing who they are. And so like, that's like my honestly, my favorite go-to-market strategy. It's just like, finding the cheapest thing to sponsor for the most amount of people and just like doing it over and over again and just like getting ingrained in one community. And that can really just like make or break your startup right there. Like that could just be your whole strategy. I just go to one event. That was mine for the last three years. I go to one event, I meet people, I sell them and I survive. (laughs) And like, and we keep going, Um, which is great. And so, yeah, but then, you know, as we get bigger, we can start thinking about like other events like, all right, like we're really big in Boston. Like, now let's try out Denver or let's try San Francisco. Um, San Francisco also has SASTER, which is like SAS and then TER, Ter. <laughs> um, which is my FEC like, TR. There's no E because it's about startups. Um, right. But like, and I was love it. it. <laughs> yeah, but they get the best guests. Like, they have an amazing podcast um one of my friends she got a booth at their event space it was very expensive but they got 400 leads like just from that one event which is great like I can't even handle 400 leads so like for me like we're not there yet like I definitely like it doesn't make sense for me to show up there um but well, for other companies who can handle 400 leads like that might be a good place for you to show up um so like Hell that's pretty yeah fun. let's go let's go yeah let's let's do it it. Um, um and then um yeah and then from like my favorite tools there's um like HubSpot, obviously like they have really good conferences like Salesforce, Marketo. I just love going to like all the vendor industry conferences that are available because you just learn so much. Even if you don't use their tools, you can figure out how to use their tools. Like I love going to Terminus. Like I'll talk shit about, like I love like the co-founders of Terminus. Like number one, they're great, but their tool, I could do it by hand. I have been have been doing it for hand for like eight years. You know, like That's I don't need a tool. fired right ADM there. Strategy. No, you need the tool. I don't need your tool no but They're like cool, I can use I can learn so much from their conference and just figure out how to do it with without their tool you know yeah. so it's like you know that it's a really good learning spot um, and then the last one is like, it's really like the community base. Like I go to like a lot of like women entrepreneur events. I go to a lot of like Persian and tech events because I'm Persian. Um, uh, and it's just like finding the people who are like you and doing what you're doing at the same time and like creating those networks that can help you, um, like grow faster and grow better. And like those people may give you more of a chance when you're starting out because they want to support one of their own versus a stranger. Who's like not a part of their community. Hell yeah. So
0: good. So good. Who are you? Who are you? I mean, I I know you, but I I, take me back little parties day. Like you're little, you're growing up. Did you know you're going to be a go-to-market wizard? Did you know you're going to be leading, you know, executives in the path of the go-to-market and really helping companies grow? Take me back in time. What was it like, little you?
1: Little me was crazy. Number one, I feel terrible for my parents. So that was the firstborn, And I'm like, like my mom calls me the wild child. I was like, basically the wild card. So I had like a crazy independent streak. I would not want anyone to help me with anything. I want to figure it out on my own. Um, I also used to stare down people when I was a kid and just, like, stare at them. And, like, until they said hi to me, I would just, like, demand attention um, all the time. I was, like, screaming. I was yelling. I had my sister. She's, Can you like, blink 14. when you're
0: staring down? Or is it, like, a no No, blink?
1: I would just stare at them, like, no, straight on, like, stare. Yeah, when I was a kid. And then, like, whenever we went to a restaurant, I, like, would cry until my parents put me on the table so I could look at everyone and, like, see the entire restaurant. I'd also demand a piece of bread, so I felt like I was eating with them. I just, like, never like basically it's like, I was like Stewie, you know, like the kid from like family guy. Like I like never saw myself as a kid. I'm like, I'm an adult. Like, what am I doing here? Why are we here? Like, why can't I do things? Um, and then my sister, she was 14 months younger than me. She was like my number one Guinea pig on like everything. Um, and best friend Like, and like- and the brain. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she was like she had her own ideas too, but I was like very demanding, and we have like a lot of stories. So I was just like, "No, you're doing this," and she was trying to like say no, and I'd be like, "I'm not taking no for an answer from you." And so I was just like, "She's in therapy
0: right now, recovering." Yeah.
1: Things. I mean, yeah, I I didn't mean it. I was like a kid. But basically, like I was <laughs> I was always the hustler from the beginning. So my parents are from Iran. We came from we like my they came, my mom came to marry my dad in America. That's how she got here. She didn't speak English from me first when I was first born. We weren't planning on staying here. So we didn't really assimilate until I was five years old. And we're like, oh, like we're still here. Like I have to go to school. Like, let's just go. Um, so It was really hard for my parents because number one, they were trying to give me advice as if we we were in Iran and Iran and American school systems and like values are like very different things. And so like number one thing like I would butt heads with my dad about was like the American consumerism. Like you have to write the right clothes. You have to look good in school. Like I used to get made fun of because like my clothes weren't like the right clothes or like my hair was like really crazy and long right. and big because I'm Persian. um, And like, that's just like our culture, but like everyone else is Irish, like nothing wrong with Irish people, but we had very different ideas of like what to do. So my dad wouldn't let us spend money on certain things because, you know, we're like a one income household. We're trying to save money We're like helping our family out in Iran too. And I would be like, we have to buy these things to fit in with the neighborhood kids. or we have to buy these things to fit in with everyone. And my dad would say, no. I'm like, all right, well then I need to figure out how we can do that. So like my sisters and I like don't have homemade Halloween costumes. Like we can get good cakes. I mean, my poor mom would make like amazing cakes and stuff. We'd still get made fun of sometimes in school with our costumes and stuff because they were handmade and people would go to like Disney store and like buy like the Disney Pocahontas outfit and I would have like the handmade Pocahontas outfit and they're like, yeah. What are you? I'm like, I am Pocahontas and they're like, Doesn't look like it. I'm like, Well, sucks. Okay, but I didn't even have the language back then to tell you to like fuck off. Um, right. so basically, like I started like hustling since I was like, I don't know, like eight, nine years old. I started like horseback riding for money. Um, I realized I was good at just like holding on for dear life on horses and so I like fell off of one at a lesson and my mom like was so mad because like i overheard them talking and being like hey like this horse needs to be sold because she can't ride it and i was like what do you mean so i went and ask them like well like we tried to have everyone else ride the horse everyone else also fell off like you were like a last ditch effort to like train this horse and then i go to my mom i'm like mom like they told me that they're going to sell the horse because i couldn't ride the horse and my mom was like why are you an experiment and she got so mad she's like i want to go talk to them so she went and she was Hell like yeah. how dare you put my daughter in danger like what are you doing like blah 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 like i want her to ride the best horses like while she's selling these lessons that we're paying for and then i was like i don't mind riding the horses and everyone was just like what i'm like why can't i just like get paid to ride the horses and they were like oh okay so then they started paying me to ride the horses um which was pretty fine and then I you ride the crazy
0: horses to help yeah get them to chill out you're the experiment yeah. You get paid to be the experiment.
1: I got paid to do that. Like as a kid when I first started out. And then like I have another sister. So my sisters were like really like influential on in me like becoming like a hustler and go to market strategist. And so the baby sister was five years younger than me, which was like the perfect age difference for babysitting. So I started babysitting her. And then all of her friends would come over and I would like watch all of them. And then I would talk to their parents because you know, that's what we do when you're an and kid. You talk to everyone's parents, I guess. And the parents would be like, hey, like you can, we have to go somewhere. I'm like, Oh, you want me to watch your kids? And they're like, yes. And then I started playing with pricing strategy without realizing it on my own. And I get that from my mom. My mom was always taught me that you can like talk your way into anything. Like she would do it for school. Cause she was like, going to school while having three kids, which is like ridiculous. Oh and she goodness. was like, the time she was 30, she had three kids. I was like, I'm like, I don't even understand My 34 was zero kids. I can barely take care of myself. <laughs> I'm like, how did my mom do it? I don't know. Um, but basically like she was going to school, like since my sister was like five, she was going to school. So she was like 35, three kids, going to school um and then she would get away with anything she like the professors would like be like this is due on this date she would pass it in like six months later and she would like go back and talk to them and convince them to give her an a and they would and i was like what else can i do so i took that to like a whole other level and i was like sliding scale for babysitting based on what they could afford the richer families i like charge them like eighty hundred dollars an hour the poorer families that i like is this like in iranian
0: currency because that sounds like a lot
1: this
0: is in US dollars. I was whoa, a very
1: whoa, whoa, rich wait, child. $100 an hour? Yeah. I made like a $1,000 one night babysitting. It was amazing. Uh, what
0: the, um, I'm in the wrong job. I think marketing is not really a fit for me. I should get back into babysitting.
1: I mean, well, I mean, now we can talk about like my marketing rates too, but like for some (laughs) like strategy meetings, I do charge like $750 for strategy um, per hour when I'm doing that stuff. But we can talk about that later. But I get a lot done in that hour. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's pretty good. See, that makes sense because if you
0: had stayed at the same low rate for
1: everyone, you'd miss out on that giant upside. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, some people can make it, some people can't. And the ones who I like to work with, I would do it. And then some of them I would just like up it every now and then. Like I'm busier, I'm busier, I'm busier. I had middle sisters to also deploy into babysitting too. So did could you ever like farm them nights. out
0: as like your workers?
1: Yes, of course. Yeah. My poor sister. She was like hired and fired multiple times by me. <laughs> it was like <laughs> growing up with me was probably a nightmare. I've I've got to say. Like poor family. Sorry, guys. I'm better now. But basically like started doing all of that I went to um, college when I was in college Facebook was a thing um I started using Facebook for theater so I also told my parents I was pre-med but I only did pre-med because I could become a theater major <laughs> and they did not know that but oh, wait, I but wait. so
0: pre-med you could do anything right because you're pre-med yeah, BC
1: pre-med is a, I'm into Boston College pre-med is a concentration and not a major and so I told my parents I was like I was a pre-med major I used to always like just tell them things and see what I could get away with too. <laughs>
0: Oh god and so like, yeah there like could anti- major in theater arts. but you're on a pre-med concentration and then after that you yep. apply to med school med school technically yeah
1: but i never wanted to go to med school you'd have like to none of the parents, extra classes
0: because like, you you were in theater
1: class no i would still have to take like the basics of like all the biology all the chemistry like i did like two years of it so i did like i basically got a bio minor because i took so many science classes as part of my pre-med concentration <laughs> that's crazy but I I I just like wasn't into it I hated lab lab was terrible like you don't talk to anyone everyone's like working so hard to get it done and I told that to my teacher and he was like well if you don't like lab you're not gonna like science like you can't do this um so I was like okay like cool let me figure out a new thing so I thought about pre-law so it became a pre law concentration, and my pre law professor said, You cannot do pre law, you're way too creative, you're way too talented. That would be like a waste of like you to do that. And I was like, I like cried when he said that, but today I'm like, Thank you, professor. You were the only one who gave me really good, like, life advice. Like, that was actually good. I did get an A A&L in all his classes, though, I made sure of it, so that was good. Um, I also convinced him to do some things based on what my mom taught me, <laughs> but you know, it's good times. But like, when I was in school, because of the theater major, um, my best friend at the time, she was the director and then I was like her operation stage manager person yeah. and we would put on all these like anti-racist like controversial shows we would get blacklisted from the school paper and she would like cry she'd be like no one's gonna come watch what we're doing and I'm like no like I like at one point in time it became a marketing major and like I was a PR public relations major too before my parents did not know that um <laughs> communications after <laughs> I decided listen that was to listen to this me, are they gonna watch this I, I, I hope so because I'll tell to my mom. You just
0: come clean on the podcast and then don't and even just, have to and tell they
1: them. They know. I tell them all too. I'm just like, they okay. they know. They experienced it. My dad like did not talk to me for like a month or two after I told them I'm graduating with a theater communications double major. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: kidding. Tricked you.
1: Hey. hey. I'm like, oh shit. They're going to see under the other diploma. Um, but yeah. So then through that, I'm like, I'll figure this out. So I started using Facebook to bring people like to our events. And then we actually became the only student show to like like sell out all of our showings um our senior year because I learned how to do this so well. I got a um I got an internship at a boston online music magazine at the time it was called boston music spotlight it was a startup quote-unquote like i didn't realize it was a startup i was like this is cool like facebook could be a job i didn't realize that um and they had us going to shows that they were putting on we would blog about it and because back then only college kids could be on facebook like they wanted us to post it on all of our facebooks and so they hired 15 interns i was one of 15 they were using google analytics like a v1 back in the day it's like 2009 like straight out of Yeah. yeah Yeah, seriously, like basement, basement, just to like track, like how well is everything doing? Um, And they found out that only my blogs were like driving traffic for them. And so they went to me and were like, what are you doing? And I showed them, I had this whole like system for like doing my theater shows. I was doing the same thing for their music shows. And they're like, oh, like, can you put, like show all the other interns what you're doing so they can create all these groups and stuff. And I was like, sure. So then I became in charge of all 15, all 14 interns. I was intern 15. I became head intern, which is kind of funny. And I like ran like a Facebook marketing team, I guess, like yeah. that. Yeah. And then that's when I realized like, oh shit, like businesses want to get on social media because they want to talk to college kids. And then I started funding my party money by like making Facebook groups, going to businesses and then telling them like, hey, I can do a promotion for you on this Facebook group, how much you want to pay. Um, And they would just tell me. So and then that's how I started like doing, you know, things like that. And then, you know, Twitter came out. I was like, oh, Twitter could be a thing too. Like, I oh, might as well get on that. So I started doing that. Um, by the time I was graduating, everyone's joke with me. They're like Basically, everyone was like, your majors are like trivia. Because I was like communication and theater. And they're like, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, Facebook. And they're like, are you seriously going to make money off Facebook forever? And I'm like, yes. And joke's on you, everybody. BC class of 2010. Because that's what I'm doing now. That's <laughs> it's exactly what you're
0: doing now. No end in sight. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's like a part of what we do. But yeah, and then LinkedIn became a thing. And my new favorite thing is I used to tweet at executives on LinkedIn and tell uh, no, I used to tweet at them on Twitter and tell them that they need to make a LinkedIn if they wanted to get better at sales and marketing for their business. And oh, some yeah. of them would pay me to train their teams. Like I trained finance teams, I taught, I trained insurance teams. I like helped some startup CEOs make their LinkedIns. It was super fun. And like I got to learn with like about like a lot of executives. A lot of them are my mentors and like I still talk to a lot of them today. <laughs> it's like great.
0: What a wild adventure!
1: Yeah, it was like right place, right time, um, for yeah. sure. Because, yeah, like if I graduated sure. before, after that, like I don't, I would have found another hustle, I guess. But we like, it. yeah, it would have. Happened, you were but open
0: like... to it, though. You were like, you have to be open enough to see the thing that's happening, and you were.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is like crazy back then on LinkedIn you can message anybody and they would respond because it was like getting mail for the first time yeah. you're a kid you know they're like oh yeah. shoot an email I love it totally. be so fun." Jeez. yeah now we're just spammed every day by like hundreds of people
0: <laughs> oh my gosh I got one today would you help me can you subscribe to my newsletter and give me feedback I was like oh dude, gosh I that's like write, a four-part no. yeah like, you can say no and I was like dude no and yeah. I just ranted for a bit. He didn't nice. deserve my free rant, but it was uh, free consulting. So there you go. Yeah.
1: yeah. There you go. That's Man, what this you is got. amazing.
0: I have a hypothetical question for you. Yeah, time. sure. See, I may or may not have a time machine up here in New Hampshire. <laughs> okay. Come visit, get some beer, Yes, you know, and we get to use a yeah. time machine, right? Hang out. Right? Mm-hmm. Hang out take a spin on the time machine and it goes Mm -hmm. back in time it's a very particular time machine it goes back in time and you get to meet yourself a couple days after that theater degree that theater and communications you just graduated you're talking to that version of you just a few years ago what do you say to her what kind of advice do you give to that version of you
1: um so like my biggest thing is it's like don't let other people change me Um, and there's like more to the world out there than like the small towns and like the family and the institutions that I've been like currently part of, um, like back, like through my life, like in the very beginning, a lot of people will just say no to me like a lot. And that used to like hurt me. Like it would hurt me so bad. Like I had one CEO at one company I tried to like work with. And at the end he was like, I think you should get a, you should never work at a startup again. And I was just like, what and like he basically told me like my whole career like would make zero sense i'm not good at what i do but i don't have the experience i literally cried for like a month like every day for a month sure. i would cry i know like there's a lot of those people out there tell me so, who it is
0: are they in boston um,
1: they are in boston i would not you tell to reveal you on the, that on the show today. who
0: it was so they can all go follow them on linkedin or just no now? it was a, it it was a big find.
1: accelerator in boston that is now um that is now international jokes on and, him huh I know he's no longer I mean he did pretty well he's no longer um the the CEO he has his own venture firm now but like my oh, is that because thing that he,
0: uh he uh he's now the Bahamas because FTX closed down is that what you're saying
1: I don't know I don't know (laughs) but like my other favorite thing that he would say like around me was always like I'm the I'm a very smart person and like I just could never take that seriously but like you know he was like a self-described like amazing person he's the CEO of his organization they're doing all this stuff and he was like all about startups and told me that like you can't do this like you you know and like that just like it really sucked and like it happened a lot I got blacklisted a lot in Boston by a lot of older people who basically told me like I don't have like the strategy I don't have the experience like I'm not good enough to be doing what I'm doing and like that stuff like it really hurt me it really like forced me for a little while to like turn into someone that I'm not and I kept trying to pretend to be like this different type of person like I was never like this unfiltered before um except for like the last like four or five years I've been coming like more and more unfiltered as we go um and a couple of my my old co-workers I got one job at a startup that was a um marketing tech startup and the nice thing about that is that there were like a lot more women that were in oh, that cool. team and like that was the first time like my company before that there were more men named Dave than women at that company and then this next one <laughs> there
0: think, were more men named Dave yeah than there were women like that were Dave's
1: that were company. 10% of the company and the women were like three percent the company and i think like i did like a woman in tech like presentation to my ceo and i like i use that metric i'm like we need more women than dave's can we like put that
0: can we fix that yeah
1: <laughs> as part of like our metrics to track um but you know it, this next one like there was a lot of like it was a lot more women like they came from many different cultures and one of them she was like a riot she was just crazy off the cuff she didn't care and she was like the head of um the the b2c group basically wow. that we had over there um and she was just amazing i was just like i could just be like you and still have a career like i'm down and so then that like okay. got me out of my shell a little bit more like we were like very similar personality wise i was just like a little bit more like timid than she was and like professional quote unquote but she was just as professional she was like working hard she was getting results she would just like have a fun have a ball and do whatever she wanted it, <laughs> which is crazy so that kind of like brought me out Sometimes like a great show example,
0: me. right? Just a great. Yeah. Sometimes you just need an example. Look at that. And go.
1: You know what? Yeah. 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 She did like. She was like the head of marketing at Karma Loop before. Like now, she's running like a few different startups, um, like out in Seattle. Like she's great. She's like the head oh, of customer yeah. success, head of marketing, and like still amazing, and like still okay. herself. It's great, so like unapologetically. So like, yeah, that's my. That's What's my your name? Thing. Um, Megan Nisley. I just Shout checked out. Her the other day. I know. So Shout out! Badass. I'm you gonna tag get on her. here. Be like, you're you still know? my hero. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely talk to her. It'll be like a whole different experience.
0: Uh, but like you said, you timid compared to her. So like, I sounds like I'm in for like an adventure because
1: I yeah. don't think you're timid it's at a all. Wild ride.
0: Jeez, for sure. Well, that that's cool. So it sounds like you would you would definitely encourage that younger you, knowing that you're gonna have some some naysayers, the people saying, yeah. No.
1: And like, I was always told, like, I'm not professional enough. Like, you know, my hair is usually purple. It's just like I'm in between hair dyes right now. I, I noticed it, I had like, no
0: purple today.
1: No purple today. I got is like, I've had, been doing like through a crazy hair care like journey at the moment. <laughs> but we can talk more about that later. But well, I could repurpose this whole purple. show for like
0: hair care for marketers, you know?
1: Exactly. Hair care for stressed marketers. Here's what you do who want to work out a lot. Don't over dye. Yeah.
0: Don't use the wrong dye. Don't.
1: Yeah. I I mean, have purple, to have a good,
0: you to like, It's not like you can just blend it in if it's the wrong thing, right? No. You're like, it's, no. it's there.
1: And, and it's like, you know, my hair gets like really brittle and dry. So now I have like a six step like hair care routine that I use to go along with my four step skincare routine that my little sister made me do. Baby sister's really into skincare now. And okay. So what is your
0: six step hair care routine? Because I feel like this I, is marketing content that no one captures. And I feel like people would <laughs> be so mad at me if they didn't. Six steps. Yeah.
1: All right. So number one, um, I have to use like a hair mask. So a few days before, like I want to dye my hair, I use like a hair mask. Um, and that's just like a really thick conditioner that you just like put on your hair and you let it sit there. I let it sit there for like an hour. Cause like my hair just like needs it. It's like very coarse. Um, and then I wash it out and then I'll like dye my hair, get it done. Then is wash um, it out a
0: step or is that just part of the mask?
1: It's it's part of it, but like my hair is so long and thick. It like feels like I'm drowning when I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> Are you
0: like waterboarding yourself essentially
1: pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why I feel like a drowned rat after I shower. It's just <laughs> like, it's so bad. Um, then what I'll do is I have like a, like Moroccan oil, that I'll put on my hair. I have anti-frizz oil that I'll put on my hair. I have, um, conditioner detangler that i'll spray my hair with and then i have um basically a um like a tips root like conditioner and like lotion hair lotion that i put on my hair too and so like all that together makes my hair look better and that took me a little while to figure it out but then i tried a new shampoo and the shampoo stripped my purple out so now i've ordered the right shampoo and conditioner that's like care intensive um stuff i've like looked into a lot of like middle eastern like people type like hair stuff that like works well for my hair. So making sure like all those products use that. Um, and then, yeah, now it's, now it's working. It's looking healthier now. And so I won't be like embarrassed when I see my mom on Thanksgiving. She'll be good.
0: And she's not going to ask about your hair, right? That'd be the worst thing. She's like, oh, how are you doing? Please, like... She, it's oh. like-
1: yeah my mom will tell me when things like look awful from the beginning she was like your hair looks like your hair looks horrible like what are you doing like why does it look like this like have you not washed it why i'm like mom i'm working on a company she's like when you meet people they think do they tell you that your hair is terrible i'm like no
0: (laughs) no like everything was fine
1: (laughs) like you don't look like a ceo i'm like i'm a tech ceo we don't need good hair but you know it's fine My mom wants me to be like Sarah Blakely, which like, hopefully one day I'll get there. Um, But yeah, you know, I need to send her some books of like all these like women being like, and I never showered for three weeks when I was doing my first startup. (laughs) But here we are.
0: You know, um, maybe there's a book on like hair care for marketers. And that is like the breakthrough, you know?
1: that is our next thing i have another persian friend and we're going to make a persian hair care brand um as her next thing she already has a very successful like jewelry brand that i'm like helping her out on her facebook marketing and then we're going to get her and we're going to like make like a hair care brand that's like more scalable and faster oh yeah um, you got that you got yeah. the
0: name in like farsi and it's gold lettering or something
1: yeah yeah you know, now i'm it's saying like it's not she has to do it now also send this to her i love how i'm just like calling people out on this with you it's, like, yeah hilarious. that's what
0: we're here for we're just here to shout people <laughs> out so call them out like it's time to make that product let's go
1: yeah yeah i need to text her it's my fault we're like behind so
0: see i'm just glad to have like reminded you that you need to text her so Thank you. on that note ooh, how about this for parallel how can people get in touch with you
1: Ooh, yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn. So if you mention the podcast and your LinkedIn message, I will accept your LinkedIn message and I will talk to you. Um, you know, like that's like my best place that you can also tweet at me. I get the tweets. I'm not always on Twitter, but I'm there. And then I'm on my Instagram too. If you just Google my name, just Parodies without the F-E-Z-E-R, like all of my social profiles will just pop up because I've SEOed it and I've been there forever.
0: So, yeah. So you're on the Twitters, huh? That's cool. Yeah,
1: I'm on the Twitters. Like I had a lot of people in the startup scene tell me I have to get back on Twitter, so now I'm back on Twitter.
0: Uh, which one, which parties are you? Are you just? The
1: first I'm just name? at parties.
0: Oh yep, my that's gosh, me. you got the first name thing. That's so- I badass. know. When
1: I was like, I used to be like the Twitter startup girl at like one point in time, and like, someone was like, "So what does parties mean?" And I was like, "Paradise." And they're like, "But does it stand for anything else?" I'm like, "No, it's literally my name." <laughs> like the guy thought I was like some like code word. I'm like, he's like, "What is it?" I'm like, "It's me. Here I am."
0: Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. Hello. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, I, I am already following you. Fantastic. Yeah,
1: I think we follow each other on Inbound. We talked Did about we? it.
0: Oh, uh, mm-hmm. okay. That makes sense. Sweet. Okay. So, fantastic. And we will link to all these things in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. Um, hell yeah. Thank you so much for coming on here. I don't know if you looked by the clock, but literally time has like zipped, zapped by.
1: I know. I talk so much. I was looking at the time. I'm like, oh, no, we're about gone past the hour. I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's,
0: Well, yeah, unless you have a hard stop, then now you're 11 minutes late. But, um, yeah. but other than that, yeah, no, no, no. This is this has been so, so cool. Um, it's been one of those things I really wanted to learn more about and just analyze more the idea of the go to market and the fact that we were able to break it down and you know, even the idea of growlers and cookies, there's just all sorts of things here I can take away from, from today. So thank you for coming on here. You're and hanging welcome.
1: Out. Yeah, this is a heavily manipulative behavior graphic podcast brought by Casey.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Healthy behavior manipulation. Um, <laughs> awesome, right? Now we got a title. Man, this will be the one episode that goes to a million on YouTube and everyone's going to be disappointed because <laughs> they came for some other creepy thing that we are not um providing for that we're not
1: talking about yeah (laughs) exactly those
0: people listening if you learned something and i freaking know you did because i literally have two pages of notes front and back over here then (laughs) share this episode with someone else be a thought leader to one person nine people three thousand people whatever just get good information into other people's hands and with that parties you're the best let's hang out again next event
1: yeah, and on my podcast coming soon, I'll be interviewing Casey. And I have to Hell say yeah, it so we you do are. it. Hell yeah, let's Hell do yeah. it.
0: I am there. And with <laughs> that, thank you all for listening to another crazy cool episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.